Goodness. Amen. Shake the hand of somebody and say, God is good. And his mercies endure forever. Tell the next person, your life will never be the same. See, God is about to turn things around in your life. His glory shall be your portion. He is making a way for you where there seems to be no way. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you and bless your name. We pray the entrance of your word brings light and illumination. We pray that you come and teach us your word, cause your grace and your glory to abound upon us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, kindly take a seat. I, I am continuing my message on the, the dangers of offenses. Someone say the dangers of offenses. Now, the word offense comes from the Greek word skandalon, S-K-A-N-D-A-L-O-N. And the word skandalon means a trap, a noose, a stumbling block. So it means that when you get offended, it's like there's a trap there to get a hold of you. And oftentimes, a trap is set with a bait. Let's say if you want to trap a mouse, we have to have the mouse trap, and then, but you see, the mouse will not be trapped unless there is a bait. Are you getting me? Good. So, the offense becomes a bait. Something happens, and then you, 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 you step on the mouse trap, and that's it. You are caught in, and uh, we are, you become imprisoned. Now, an offense is also like a stumbling block. That means that something that stands your way, that if you don't watch it, you trip on it. And when you trip on it, you fall. But the good news is that when you see a stumbling block, instead of you letting it trip you for you to fall, you can stand on it and rise higher. So anytime we go through difficulties and challenges, what we have to do is that we rather must, we shouldn't fall by the activity of the stumbling block, but we should rather stand on it. Amen? Amen. Now, anytime that you stumble on something or something makes you feel hurt, you get angry at the thing. And when, once you get angry at the thing, you withdraw from it. If it's a stone, if it's a pin, whatever it is, you, you move away from it. In the, and once you move away from it, you don't want to have anything to do with whatever made you to stumble. And oftentimes, it's one of the, if it is not dealt with, whatever made you stumble, whatever offended you, if you don't deal with it, it now metamorphoses. It grows. It changes into bitterness. It turns around into bitterness. And bitterness, uh, somebody said bitterness is fermented anger and unforgiveness. You know, when something ferments, it becomes very sour. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 15, the Bible says concerning uh, bitterness, 
that he says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Looking diligent, that means I must be very diligent. Lest any man, any man means what? Any man, any person, fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. That means that anytime somebody gets bitter, it troubles a person himself. So anytime, you see, when you walk in, you, you become hurt and you don't treat the wound, the wound grows and it hurts you yourself. It affects you yourself. If there's a wound on your face, you don't treat it, it grows and then it forms a big scar and your face looks very funny. So anytime that you are hurt, it's important to deal with the hurt. If you don't deal with the hurt, it will grow to be into bitterness and he says that lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you that means that bitterness has a, a root and the root of bitterness is the offense and you are offended because of the fact that you feel your comfort zone has been invaded that's the first point the second thing about offense is that you think that something that is due you has been withheld your comfort zone has been invaded. So somebody comes into your room, somebody comes to take your dress to wear, somebody comes, even in the family, somebody has gone to wear your shoes, somebody has gone to do something, you know, your comfort zone has been invaded. Or something that is due you, somebody should have given you something, a promotion that was due you, a man who, who should, you, you've done the person so much good and you think that this person should have married me, he didn't marry me, or we're caught in and all of a sudden he has changed over to go to another person. So the thing that is due you, when it is withheld from you, it makes you become bitter. There are even children who are bitter with their parents. They are bitter with mommy and bitter with daddy because they think that mom and dad should have done this for me. They should have taken me to school or they should have, they should have taken me abroad. They should have done this and that for me. And once they don't do it, they, get, they, they, they are hurt. And their hurt now grows into bitterness and they are cut off. And that's the reason why you see many people who don't have good relationship with their fathers, they have good relationship with their mothers. And if you don't have good relationship with your father, you are, you are opening yourself up to a curse. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So the mothers who tell their children bad things so that their children begin to dislike their fathers, they are opening them up to curses. And when you, you study the Bible carefully, the, the last scripture about in the Old Testament and into the New Testament is talking about uniting the hearts of the fathers unto the children and vice versa. Let me show that to you quick, real quick. Uh, Malachi. Malachi. Okay. Are you there? Malachi chapter 4, verse number 5 and 6. 
Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So anytime the heart of the children are not for the fathers, and the heart of the fathers are not for the children, there is a curse. Hello? But that's not our topic, so let's, let's keep going. Amen? Okay. Now, so, bitterness is a very serious thing. It originates from hurt. When we say hurt. Anytime you get hurt by something or by somebody, it, you, you have to resolve it quickly because it, it will poison you. It will, and when you are poisoned, you also end up poisoning others. Are you following me? When you are poisoned, you end up poisoning others. When you are angry, you, you end up hurting other people. So it's very, very important that... So a lot of time, somebody hurts. He has, one person has an issue with another person. And he was unhappy with that person. Then he goes around, look at what this person has done. Look at what that person has done. Look at, before you realize, there are 10, 20, 15 people who are fighting with that one person. They've been poisoned against a person. And that's why he says that many be defiled. It will trouble you and many be defiled. Now, in Matthew chapter 24 verse 10, Jesus prophesied about one of the signs of the last days. And he was the, one of the signs of the end times is talking about offenses. He says that, And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So he realized that one of the signs of the last days is that there shall be what? Betrayal and people shall be what? Offended. So when people are offended, what happens? They betray one another. Anytime somebody is offended, I remember many years ago, one, one lady, one Nigerian lady was dating a Ghanaian guy. Apparently they were involved with drugs. You know, and uh, the girl's father used to be a top military man in Nigeria. So they used to, you know, that was a way they were bringing transfer moving drugs in and out and all those things one day when the girl got angry she's with the guy betrayed the guy started saying that the guy is involved with drugs yeah me we well, see the guy is a very nice person those they had non-jelly girls and even wanted to take me those days to germany and i said i won't go and that even became a problem for me you know but then you realize that the moment the girl got angry with the guy, she betrayed the, the guy that he was in drugs. Now, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 4, Jesus also talks about the fact that he said, Offenses will certainly come. He said to his disciples, He said to who? the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. It is impossible. So what he's trying to say is that whether you like it or not, people are going to be offended. You are going to be hurt. And so you meet a lady, you love the lady, you love the guy. As a family, you're all happy. But one day something happened and somebody will be hurt. Why do we get hurt? Because we are, we've got different temperaments. We are coming from different backgrounds. So, so long as people from different backgrounds with different temperaments and different likings, when they meet, 
obviously, they are not going to think alike. And so, there's a possibility that somebody will do something that may create a hurt. Are you getting me? And so, Jesus said, it's impossible that that offenses should come. But when the offenses come, what is it that we ought to do? So, he went on to say in the verse number uh, 3, verse number 3, take it to yourselves. So, it means that take care of yourself. Tell somebody, take care of yourself. If your brother trespass against you or offends you, he said, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. The word rebuke him is not saying that insult him. But confront him. Do it NIV or HSB or something so that we can get a better understanding. Be on guard. Just one. Be on guard. Why is he saying be on guard? Because what Jesus himself has said that what? Offenses will come. So be on guard. Just one. Be on guard. Even as you are sitting there, you may be off- the person will offend. You may do your hand in some way and chuck the person in some way. You know, and the person will not be very happy with you. Or you may even smile or laugh in some way somebody may not like. Yeah, you know, people are, some people are very prim and proper and they're laughing. There are people like that. You too, maybe where you come from, when they say laugh. They say, so your laughter is, makes even somebody angry. And he says that if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must what? Forgive him. So those of you who say that this thing that this person has done, hmm, hmm, I don't know, I can't forgive him. These were the words of Jesus. And if Jesus is your Lord and Savior and Jesus said forgive him, it means what? Forgive him. And you cannot say that, well, what he has done, I cannot. You to what you did. Didn't Jesus forgive you? Yeah. Hello? Uh-huh. And later we're going to find out that it is for our own good. You see, forgiveness is, a, is an enlightened self-interest. Someone say, forgiveness is enlightened self-interest. That means that it is for your own good that you are, you are forgiven. You, are, you forgive the person. You see, when somebody hurts you, you carry the person in your heart. Hello? Uh-huh. Pastor Johnny, come. He said, He's a hefty man. Eh? Eh? And uh, what's the name? Uh, Chocho, come here. No. Carry, carry this man with you. <laughs> carry him. Carry, no, no, no. You carry Pastor. <laughs> eh? Oh. Carry him. Uh, you can't carry him. But you see, you see somebody is angry with this heavy man in his heart. You have carrying the person in your heart. Why will your heart not explode? Yeah. When you are angry with somebody, you are, you are carrying the person in your heart. The moment you see the person... You're angry, then your heart begins to beat, and all those things. And you, you are unhappy, is that not it? And the moment you see the person, you wish the person, you wish the person were not around. That is why when 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 you hurt somebody, the person wishes you dead. A lot of times. So be careful. Be careful. 
And the Lord knows that when people are hurt, they will do anything to get rid of you. And that is why, and the Lord doesn't want us to exterminate each other, to destroy one another. So he says that the moment that your brother trespasses against you, go to him. So that you don't become a murderer. It means that many of us, we, we, have, we have wished our brothers dead. The moment there's something, you, so the person annoys you or does something, I wish he was finished. And I'm going to show you one scripture. Eh? Yeah. That the disciples wish that as we are going to go through, you know, Samaria, and the people of Samaria didn't want them to go through. He said that, ah, may, Lord, do we pray that lightning will strike these people? Yeah. They were offended. Offended. So anytime you're offended, whoever you're offended with, you are trying to carry the person. So imagine how you are carrying the person in your tender heart. Am I teaching you something? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Chuchu, don't carry anybody in your heart again. Anytime you're angry with somebody, remember when you were supposed to carry Pastor Johnny and you couldn't carry him. Yeah. If you can't carry the person with your hand, how can you carry the person in your heart? What a shock. Are we learning something here? Yeah. So Jesus said it's impossible that what? Offenses will come. Eh? The danger is that if we allow offense in our lives, it can stop the blessing of God from flowing in our lives. Amen? So it's important that we make sure that we do not allow offenses to take place in our lives. We read from Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 and it says, Paul said, I pray that your love may abound still more and more. May your love abound more and more. In knowledge and in all what? Discernment. Let your be be discerning. Sometimes people do something and its import is to take you away from God is to take you away from the blessings of God. Are you getting me? Yeah. And you see your anger and your unforgiveness can destroy your future. No, many people have been angry at somebody and they slap the person and they, are in, they land in prison. Or they'll do something and they didn't intend to do. But because they couldn't control their anger, they couldn't control themselves. Sometimes they are, if you're angry with their boss and you saw their boss and they say you, you are dismissed. You are fired. And for months you are sitting in the house. And for weeks you are sitting in the house. And you have spoiled your record. Are you getting me? You, you, you spoiled your record. You know, so it's very, very important that you do not, you, you have to be, be cool. That's why be cool. Yeah. And like I was telling you, anytime that you get offended, you open the door for evil spirits to come into your life. Huh? Anytime. You see, when the people of Israel started murmuring to God, the Bible says that snakes started biting them. And snakes is representative of evil spirits. So anytime that you get angry and you are, you are hurt and you don't deal with it and you, are, you, you stay on in the anger and you become bitter, evil spirits come to you. That is why you hear voices will tell you, go and do this to the person. Go and insult the person. When you get offended with people, don't you f- feel like you should go and do something? Yeah, it's a devil. Already evil spirits. It shows that evil spirits have come around you. To destroy you and they are also going to block you from getting the blessing because i told you that when you want to get water you get the water the water is coming through a tap the tap is connected to a pipeline the pipeline goes all the way to the source the water is there at the source and it has come through the pipeline but it cannot come into your 
your receptacle because of a blockade. So your, your hurt and your unforgiveness, which you have not dealt with, is a blockade. Even though there's water in the system, you turn your tap, which is your prayer. So you have turned your prayer on, you are speaking in wild tongues, but water is not flowing into your container, into your receptacle, into your house, because of the fact that there is some choking, there is some unforgiveness, there is some hurt, which you have not dealt with. And God says, if you do that, you cannot be blessed. I hear me. Ima, there's a, a guy, actually I'm, I'm told, he said, as a minister, one day he got angry. Somebody maligned him. He said so many horrible things. When people do some things, hand them over to God. But you see, this man was so hurt, being human. When, when people malign you, they say horrible things against you. You can, as a human being, you can feel very hurt. Are you here with me? And then he ended up developing a sickness called multiple sclerosis. Now, multiple sclerosis is a very serious disease. You know, it's, you, know you, you become paralyzed. Uh, you are lying down. Uh, you can't even talk properly. And all those things. And the Lord told him, forgive that young person. And still in that sense, I cannot forgive him. I, yeah, I cannot, I cannot forgive him. He has collected the guy in his heart. I cannot forgive him. And the Lord said, but you must still forgive him. And then after the thing, all the debate with God went on. They said, okay, I'll forgive him. I'll forgive him. He said, after he forgave him, the multiple sclerosis left him. He's 75 years now. He's still healthy, strong, and alive. Oh, if you are clapping, clap better for the Lord. Yeah. So, so one of the, you realize that the offense opened the door for the devil to bring sickness. Are you getting me? And the sickness was not going. <laughs> the sickness was not going because he was not willing and ready to forgive the person. And the moment you walk in unforgiveness, what you are doing is that you are, you are blocking the power of God from flowing. So the power of healing had to come to him, but unforgiveness was there. Are, are you following me? Come, in, come and say, you know. So you realize that power of healing must come to this man. Is that right? Uh-huh. But unforgiveness was where? On the way. He has put unforgiveness there. So unforgiveness is there. Healing is coming. You pass here. Then it's blocking. It's blocking. Meanwhile, you, you, you are praying. Be praying. Speaking wild tongues. You are praying. You are praying. You are doing sacrifice. Do sacrifice. Go to the altar. You are doing altar sacrifice. All those things. You know. And then, so as you are doing the altar sacrifice, God has had it. And God wants to come to you. And all those things. But what is it? The power of God is trying to come to you. But what is that? Unforgiveness has blocked you. But the moment that you let the unforgiveness go away, what happened? The power of God becomes available and embraces you. Amen. Marriage will embrace you. Amen. Favor will embrace you. Amen. Progress will embrace you. Amen. Salvation will embrace you. 
Provision will embrace you. When you let go. I'm telling you, when you let go. Truly, a guy would have disappointed you. A lady would have disappointed you. Teachers would disappoint you. Friends would disappoint for disappointment. So, two key things that you must always watch. Discouragements and offenses. They are the left leg and the right leg of the devil to stop you. Discouragement and stuff. When you are discouraged, you feel like giving up. God, I've been coming, I've been praying, I've been giving tithes, I've been giving offerings, I've done sacrifices. God, where are you? And you feel like this church cried, they are not powerful again. I don't think the power side is powerful again. I don't think. No, no, no. I look at my friends. I, I know some guys, they are wild. They are, look, sinners, I, I know that they go to this school, they've been drinking and things. And they have some breakthrough. And look at me. I mean, I become the house of God. God, what, what kind of God that you are getting offended at God? Then you get offended at other people. Then, at the end of the day, you grow into bitterness. And when you become bitter, the bitterness tr- will trouble you. And then you go around carrying that there's no God. That God is. A- so, a lot of times, the people who say bad things about churches and all those things, a lot of times you see that they are bitter. They are bitter with God. They are bitter with themselves. And they are bitter with other people. Are you learning something here? Okay, so it's important that we watch this thing called offenses. Someone say offenses. Yeah. I told you the story of how uh, Satan was selling some commodities. He was selling lies. He said, on sale, lies, alcoholism, homosexuality, witchcraft, lying, fornication. But he put not for sale discouragement and not for sale offenses. And he said, why, why is it that offenses and discouragement is not for sale? He said, because these are my major tools. That one, it works universally. It works on children. It works on babies. It works on teenagers. It works on married people. It works on singles. It works on old people. It works on everybody, every race, white, yellow, whatever, any color, any continent, it works. Am I teaching something here? It works in families. You want to destroy the family? Just introduce an injection of bitterness, anger. And you see, children will not talk to their parents. Among the children themselves, there's a lot of animosity, competition. Competition. God gave somebody, one of the children, more strength. It's not because the person is better, but that the strength of that person should cover the rest. If you don't have that understanding, like in the choir, there may be one or two people who may, may be gifted to sing better. And you don't have to give head to that after them. These are the ones that are being made to sing lead and we, we are not made to sing. There's kokofu in the thing. No! There's no kokofu in the thing. It is the workings of God. And you must thank God that God has even given you such gifts. Because if you are all the same, then how would your singing be like? In the family too, God will let somebody have some, a little more money, uh, somebody who have a, a little more fame, somebody who have somebody, there will be somebody who has a certain qualification. There is something the person has and it covers the weakness of the family. Yeah. 
And once somebody is blessed and God has endowed somebody in the family, it could even be your junior brother, junior sister, whatever it is, you still must respect the person and appreciate the fact that, well, it's God who chooses what he wants to do. Maybe today they are this, but tomorrow your turn to will come. And you also become better. Amen. Sometimes you see some of the family members, they, they start making it in life and then they help others. Then the others they help also come up. And sometimes the, the latter day saints even be, become better. So if you're latter day saints, the, the glory of the latter house shall be greater. So yours shall can even be greater. So don't jealous those who are already have it. And when it's like that, there will be peace in the family. Amen. Yeah. And God also knows what you can handle. Because there are some blessings when they come your way. They will kill you. They will destroy you. There are some blessings that when they come your way, you cannot handle it. You become very proud. You will, not, you will not pray again. You will not come to church again. You will not serve God again. So God will do, initially will do you hand to mouth, hand to mouth, little by little, little by little, till you get to a place of maturity that you, you don't bow to the thing and the thing doesn't control you, the blessing doesn't control you, but you control the blessings. <laughs> Am I teaching something here? Hallelujah. You know. And so, make sure that you are not offended. Tell someone, make sure you are not offended. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Don't you see that when somebody, a brother offends, and you are even talking to a person, he says, I don't want to hear anything. The thing they did to me, is so good at all. It's so good at all. Yes, we, we know it's so good. And that's why we're saying we are sorry. So we are sorry to you, I said it. Hello? Uh, it's not a good thing. Tell somebody it's not a good thing. Yeah. And church is one place that you will be offended. Tell your friend, you will be offended in church. You, you, you may be even offended. One day, somebody went to church and you're offended. They said the pastor lies walking up and now like I'm walking up and now. The pastor lies. As a pastor he, 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 preaching, he's drinking water. What has that got to do with you? He's drinking. He's drinking. And he's offended by the fact that the pastor is drinking. And thank God he's not drinking wine. He's drinking water. To, but that was also a problem. And sometimes the preaching that is coming, he said, he didn't preach on this topic. He, why did he preach? And this kind of preaching, it is me. If you think that you don't like the preaching, just, just be quiet. Just, uh, because the thing is that uh, when you go, sometimes you go for a, 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 a supper or a buffet, and the different things are being served. Take the one that you like. But if you also don't like it, walk away. Is that not it? Yeah. Because the thing that you are criticizing, the food you are criticizing, somebody else likes it. Eh? Most Nigerians, they don't like crabs and snails. Yeah. So when you go, big, big crabs are there. But woe unto the crabs if they should come around. The way we'll deal with the crabs here. And with the way we'll deal with the snails here. I hope you're getting me. Yeah. So what somebody doesn't like, somebody else likes. You know. And, and, and so it shouldn't become a problem. Amen. Okay. So when the message is being preached, don't fight a message. Play table, table tennis. A message said maybe they are they are saying something against me. And it's because of this and it's because of that. No, it's because God wants His people to be blessed. Amen. Okay. Now today, I I just want to quickly uh, 
talk about, yeah, now why do we get offended? Last week we talked about it, why did, last Sunday. Because number one, we are imperfect people. Is that right? Why, why do we get offended? Why do we get offended? Because number one, we are imperfect people. No human being is perfect. Psalm 51 verse 5, he says, I was shaping iniquity, or in sin was I, my, did my mother conceive me. So he realized that Now, we daily encounter people with all kinds of experiences, traumas and fears. And people react based on their background, based on their whatever they have, they have been through. And so, it is easy to offend them. And, they, and you too can be offended. Because we are not perfect, you know, we can, we can misunderstand people. Is that right? Uh-huh. Because we are not perfect, we can misunderstand people. We can... Uh, uh, uh. I went to a church, I observed a church, and I realized that the pastor's children had become overly very careful in relating with some of the congregation members. And so, I, I tried to meet the pastor's Child and oh hello and and, and the person is is a bit cold. So later, as I studied them and I got to know the background story, I found out that many people have betrayed their parents, and people they thought that these are my parents' friends, people who are with my dad and mom, supporting whatever his friends, both in the church outside there, and they've turned their backs against them. So the thing is that we don't know who you are. Whether you also be the next person to betray them. Whether you be the next person. Today I call you uncle. The next moment you see me, you have turned your face. So can I relate with you? Can I flow with you? So what's happening? That they are guarding their hearts. They don't want to be hurt. But you see, you can misjudge them because you are not in their shoes. I hope you are, you are learning something here. Yeah. And so, maybe their, their action could lead to an offense. Oh, I'm not sure I'm older, no, 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 no. But later, as you get close, you realize that they are very nice people. Very, very nice people. But because of the... And even some, when it comes to ministers. Hmm? Somebody says, I'm not sure I'm older, no, 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 no. Every time you, you have to go through long protocol, sign papers do whatever before you go and see the pastor and go. It's because some of you two have become over familiar. Those who are nice to you. He comes up, hello, how are you after church? Is, this, is everything okay? This is okay now. Because of your proximity, you've taken the proximity to a pastor for granted. His availability for granted. The fact that when you take your phone and you call him, he quickly responds. But when now you, somebody else picks a phone and says, asks you what is that? He said, you have an appointment? And he said, can you wait for two weeks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One guy was telling me, he said, he's the one who takes the pastor Bible to the pulpit. But when he needed to speak with the pastor for more than one month, he carries the pastor's Bible, but for more than one month, having an appointment, he couldn't have an appointment with the pastor. Yes. He told me himself. He told me himself. One day, then he told the, He said, I now see a difference between a father and a pastor. Because I was his father. He told me. I see the difference between a father and a, a pastor. Yeah. 
Because you see, now that, man, that person, that pastor is being a pastor, not a father. Because your father, you must always have access to your father. And when somebody is being a father to you, you abuse that privilege. So now he must become a pastor. And so now, you have to go through protocol. Now, he sees your phone. I'm enjoying small Forget it. Let me relax more. I've talked enough. Because when your case is solved, after that, when you even see him greeting Paul, no, when it is well with you, you have no this thing. And then you get offended. I hope you are getting what I'm teaching you. Yeah, I'm teaching. See, I want to I, I want the message to come down. Let it be very practical. Amen. Let's be very practical. And like I was telling you also, so we can misjudge each other. You can misjudge me, I can misjudge you. It's not every time that when you wake up, you're happy. Is that not it? So if you're a human being and there are times that you are not happy, the pastor too is a human being. So there are times that when you get up, he doesn't feel like also, be, he's not bubbly. Just that there are times you are dull, you to, you to his door. Door to door. <laughs> Am I preaching here? Okay. Number two, people differ in opinion, ideas, and perceptions. And because we differ in opinion, ideas, when your opinion is different from my opinion, you can be hurt. Is that not it? Yeah, let's do this. You say, no, no, let's do it that way. Let's do it that way. Number three, lack of the fruit of the Spirit. Eh? Galatians chapter five. You know, and one of the fruit of the Spirit was patience. What's the fruit of the spirit again? Love. What again? What? Joy. Peace. You know. And when you lack the fruit of the spirit, it causes you to become easily offended. Yeah. It causes you to be easily offended. You know. And once offense enters your heart, it must be rooted out or else it will come back and destroy your life like that of Absalom. When Absalom got offended with his brother, and he didn't deal with it, that his brother has raped the sister, he didn't deal with it, and the, the offense now moved on to his father, because he thought that the father should have done something about it, and the father too had not done it, so now he attacked the father, and when he attacked the father, he didn't know that he was attacking an anointed person, and when he attacked the father, he didn't know that his very existence was because of his father. And that his father had a covenant with God that even if he had made a mistake, God was still with him. So Absalom ended up turning against his father, sleeping with the father's children, I mean wives, uh, chasing the father out of the palace, but he got, he ended up being killed prematurely. So he realized that offenses will let you die prematurely. Offenses will incapacitate you. I told you a story of a lady who was angry with somebody with a, 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 a seamstress because the daughter had taken a material to this seamstress for it to be sewn. And there was an issue about the material. And one day she got so angry, you know, and she was hurt and angry. And as she was going to go to the, the seamstress's house, she fell into a gutter. When she fell into a gutter, that was the end of her working life. Till she died. I tell you, till she died. Because of cloth. That's why you have to, you have to learn to control your temper. Yeah. And when things come, you don't get up and say, I'm going to sort them out. I'm going to there. Hey, take it easy. The moment that thing comes, you must know that the devil is around you. And the devil is a bait 
to destroy it. It's a scandalon. It's a proscoma. So it's a scandalon. Amen. <laughs> Am I teaching something here? Okay. Number. Which number are we there? Number four. Okay. Now, what are the signs which show that we are offended? What are the signs that show that you are offended? Number one, withdrawal from relationships and fellowship. So, how do you know that somebody is offended with you? When the person withdraws from you. Hmm? When you have a friend and the person withdraws from you, eh, it's a sure sign of, of offense. But unfortunately, many of us will never say the truth. Why are you doing that? Why are you, this day you don't greet me again. It's not anything. I didn't see you. I didn't know. Yeah, he saw you. Why did you, uh, you know? Re- listen, relationships are created by God to strengthen and empower us. Is that right? Yeah. Even God himself, you know, the triangle, he said, Genesis 1, 26, let us, <laughs> let us make man. And when, when man was created, in Genesis 2, 18, he said, it is no good that what? the man should be alone. So God didn't create us as islands. That's why we are born into families. That is so why God didn't release us into heaven and then put us on some tree somewhere or on some island somewhere. But he, he gave us, we came into the world through a father and a mother. Into a family. So it means that straight away, if for nothing at all, you are, you are in between two people. Are you getting me? God has brought you into a world where the, you, are, you have come into in between two people, that means that you are supposed to have fellowship. People are supposed to be responsible for your life, and you also ought to be accountable. So, parents are responsible for your life. You also become what? Accountable. That's the reason why sometimes when you are not in church, say, where are you? Why didn't you come to church? Say, I will come. And I, 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 I don't want to use any bad word, but it is not a good answer. It's a, it's a disrespectful and an insulting answer. Why didn't you come? I think you have enough understanding yeah. that when you, you, I think class two person will understand that. Why didn't you? He didn't say, uh, will you come or not? So, so I want to know the reason why you didn't come so that I can help you so that next time you will come. Or I will notice that you had this challenge or whatever. But if you say, why didn't you come? I will come. I said, I will come. No. Bible says that we, or maybe you have not read your scripture carefully. Hebrews 13, 17 and 18, that we know, uh, submit to those who have the rulership over you. For they will give an account of your soul. That's what is the Bible. So if you, we call for a meeting like this, and I sent messages, and you couldn't even come, it is only appropriate. Some people even acknowledge it. Some also read it. And did he even say, okay, I'm come noted or whatever, or I'm, I may not be able to come because of ABC reasons. After all, nobody will imprison you. But it is relationship. Right. Amen. Yeah. It's relationship. So I expect you to respond as I have also re- responded to you by sending a message to you. 
It's relationship. Someone say relationship. relationship. Amen. Is it helping us? Yeah. So, it's not good that the man should be alone. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12, he said, two are better than one. For they have a good, what? A good reward. Two are better than one. Oh, verse 9. For they have a better reward. Is that right? A good reward for their heart. Labor. Why? Because I would say one shall put to flight a thousand and two, ten thousand. Verse 10. Verse 10. If they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he has not another toward help him. So when we come to church, uh, in, 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 uh, as we are here, you know, if you withdraw, if you withdraw yourself, a time will come, there's a particular need you need from somebody. You see, sometimes you will think that you don't need people, but you need people. Hey, you will need people. Look, when my father died, eh, then I saw that eh, some people that look like they didn't have anything, they're walking around, but they're very powerful. And they were responsible for some things. Yes. So when you go to your hometown, don't insult all them. And when you see people who don't seem to have as much as you have, don't think they, had, they are nothing. You will need them in one way or the other. Are you getting me? When you go to any office, don't only try to relate with the big man. The, ordin- the people, ordinary people around, they are very important. And most people, they are watching how you are relating with their workers. Yeah. Me, I watch the way you relate with people who work with me. Those of you who disrespect Pastor said, Pastor Sophie, Pastor whatever, it is a sign that you disrespect me, but you cannot, I have not brought myself. They have brought themselves. And that's the reason why you can treat them that way. Me too, when I bring myself, you add me on top. Are you getting me? Yeah. They have brought, they have, they have, because they have brought themselves, that's the reason why. So if the boss himself brings himself to, you will add him. On top, so one of sign that shows that you respect a big man is respect that you even show towards his staff. You don't go to an office and become disrespectful towards the secretaries and the people around. Receptionist, if the receptionist says you are not going, you are not going. They can take your file and hide you somewhere. You are finished. <laughs> Am I teaching something here? Yeah, learn to respect people. Oh. And relate. Tell somebody relate. relate. I've been to many offices, and by the grace of God, some of these principles. Hello, how are you? You make them feel good. Sometimes the boss will say, oh, "We don't have this," and then we say, "Then they say, oh, master, we have. There's one left." Then they'll bring it to you. Yeah. yeah. Then sometimes it, it's it's ordinary people who rather show you and say, "Oh, bring this, bring this, do this." The, the, the ordinary person, because the boss is not aware that there's this or there's that. But the ordinary people, I say that will, even they themselves will take it for you. So, Master doesn't know, but you can have this. Yeah. Or come and see him at this time. Yeah. Come and see him at this time. I wanted to meet a very important person. Try, 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 try. And then somebody told him that there's a particular time that when you send him a message, you can get him. <laughs> yeah. There's a particular time. And truly, to when I send a message at that time, I got the response. Pa, 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 pa. I said, Well, I told you, mommy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I will learn something here. Yeah. So let's not be offended because many people move away from relationships, marriages, friendship. Listen, you want to marry, you'll be offended. Fully. 
you will be offended. You want to have lasting friendships, you will be offended. Amen? Amen. Yeah, you will be offended. There are many people who have, they move away from jobs, they move away from churches. This person, this, this, I don't like the way they are doing that. I don't like the way I don't like the way the ushers. I don't like the way they, you know, Every time complaints, it shouldn't be the case. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, the Lord showed me a revelation I want to share, share with you. Listen. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. Why you must be in church? Why you must come to fellowship? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. Tell your friend, provoke me unto love and unto good works. Amen. Do not be saying bad things about church members. It's not a good thing. Don't say bad things. And this brother is like this. And that brother is like that. And when you meet in your homes, you are discussing the church in a bad way. Which house is perfect? There's no church which is perfect. In fact, if there's a perfect church, the moment you join the you, I know you are very imperfect. So you made a church imperfect. And so because you're part of Springs of Life, Springs of Life is not perfect. But the word of God is perfecting us. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I know. If you want to rehearse my sins, I can tell you many more that you don't know. Yes. If you want to rehearse my sins. The sinner knows his sins. Uh, it is only the part you, you know that is you are, you are talking about. Uh-huh. And so don't talk about our weaknesses and you are this and all those kind of things. Help us to become better. Amen. <laughs> Help us to become better by praying. Amen. Yeah. This man here, I've worked with him for years. I know his strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. If I look at his weakness, I'd have driven him away long ago. Yeah. Are you getting me? But I like him. Yeah, I like him. He's a good man. Eh? He's a good man, but he's human. The way human means humus. He comes from here. So his, his human side sometimes shows. But it doesn't mean that we, we, we have to throw him away. He's a very good person. And on many occasions, he's been a blessing. Yeah. And he keeps being a blessing. Yeah. yeah. We're, even our building, we're going to do something. I saw the iron rods, and I was going to tell the contractor, do this, 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 this. And the contractor was going, and then he said, no, 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 no. This and this, and, and he explained certain, you know, building, whatever. I said, you have saved us. So, there are saviors in the church. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Obadiah 121. They say, a savior shall be in the church. Tell somebody, you are a savior. Okay, now 25. Verse 25. 25. Hebrews 10. Not forsaking what? The assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You see, cars are as a, 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 a car is an assembled, you know, uh, equipment. Has this and that and that part. There are different parts that are assembled, and that is what makes it work. And so the church is also an assembled entity. 
So your part must be contributed. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 16. Every joint supplieth, maketh increase of the body. So you must supply your portion. Tell somebody, supply. Your portion. Amen. Supply your portion. Tell somebody, supply. Mm. Now, let me show this. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another. When we meet as a fellowship, church fellowship, what do we do? There's what? There's what? We, are, we gather together for what? Corporate worship. We gather together for what? Instruction. We gather together for what? Encouragement. And we gather together for good work. Somebody say corporate worship. So it means that you are not supposed to. You can worship on your own in the house. But when we gather, we gather for corporate worship. And Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, my presence is there. So it means that our gathering guarantees the presence of God. So as we are here, the presence of God is here. And the Bible also says that one shall put to flight a thousand, but two ten thousand. Which means that if you can put to flight one thousand, you cannot put to flight two thousand or three thousand. But when you and your sister will join together, because you come together for fellowship, you, you put to flight ten thousand. And if the two put to flight ten thousand, then the three will put to flight what? Hundred thousand. So there's so much. It means that when we meet, when we meet, it means that there is a gathering of power. Somebody say power. power. That's the reason why devil doesn't want us to gather. Because anytime we gather, and Bible says, where two or three shall agree on anything, it shall be established. So there are some prayers that you alone, when you pray, it will not work. But when you have your brother to agree with you, then the thing is lifted up. Amen. Amen. Lift this thing with your one hand, with your, with your finger. Lift it, lift it, lift it, lift that thing. Are you sure you lift it? Your two fingers. Three. Four. Try. You see, you are struggling, but now come and help. Now. Lift it. Now use your two fingers. Now use your four hands. Have you seen that it's become easier? So one was not able to lift, but two able to lift with ease. So when you get offended, there is something in the spirit that you cannot get. Everybody needs the fellowship. Including the pastor. That is why we come. We come and we lift up only holy hands. And we are worshiping and go. Me, I like fellowship because I understand the importance of fellowship. And when we gather, one of the key things also is that we get spiritual covering. So it says spiritual covering. Yeah. Why do we get spiritual covering? The psalmist said, the Lord is my what? Shepherd. I shall not want. The shepherd feeds us and protects us. So when we gather, when we gather, the, the sheep is protected when it is within the flock. When the sheep is alone, you watch National Geography. When the animal is alone, it it becomes an easy kebab for the for the for the for the uh, uh, the lions. But when it is within the flock, it cannot be attacked. I've seen. I watch National Geography. You realize that so long as they are together, the lions cannot eat them up. But the one who strays and says, "I have found more grass there." 
I found some prophets somewhere who, who, who prophesied to me. You are becoming meat, kebab, sausage. You become sausage. You become suya. For the listen. So, all I'm trying to say is that when we come for fellowship, it gives us spiritual protection. So, right now, there's a spiritual protection over our lives. Anytime you feel harassed, run into fellowship. Anytime sometimes you have bad dreams or certain things are happening, look for church service, next available church service, and run into the church service. And as you come, there is a certain power that is released. Having to realize that sometimes you come, as you come to church, you feel down, you feel confused, you feel hopeless, but by the time you leave, there's hope has been generated in your heart. Even though you may not have seen a physical change, yet you see that something has changed inside of your heart because of spiritual awakenings. Amen? The next one. So, one of the signs is what? Withdrawal. Tell someone, don't withdraw. Mm, number two, resentment. Resentment means if you find that, I mean, it's a sign that you are offended. Resentment is harboring animosity against a person. When they mention the person's name, how do you feel? Are you happy? Are you content? Or you are angry? Or something? So when, when you are unhappy about the mention of somebody's name or the appearance of the person in a place, and it makes you feel uncomfortable, then there's a problem somewhere. And resentment is bad because it consumes you of joy and peace of mind. When you resent somebody, it takes away your joy and peace of mind. Are you getting me? Yeah. Recently, listen, when I am preaching, I'm watching people. And I can see, I know those who resent me and those who are accepting. It's true. A lot of times, and I was, I, I, I was, I was trained to observe eyes. And sometimes you can see that when somebody has something against you, he can't look into your eyes. Yeah. There are times when I'm preaching, there are some that they can't look into my eyes. Yeah. It, it's not a matter of, I mean, I don't like looking at people. You know, you, have, you look at others. Yeah. It's just that you have a problem. Anytime you have a problem with somebody, you can't look into a person's eyes. Yeah. You see them when they are talking, they are like this. They cannot, look, they cannot look into your eyes. And as I'm preaching, I'm watching. As I'm preaching, I'm just watching. Those who cannot look at my eyes. Yeah. yeah. I know sometimes you are writing notes and things like that. Yeah. But there must be, you see, the church is not a place of opposition, NDC, MPP. So when you come to church, you shouldn't come and be looking for problems. You should be happy. Yeah, you, and you, 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 must be, you, must, you must urge the preacher on. It's not like as for me, I'm in a neutral gear, and I, I like somebody said, he 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 is the one who, who is a checker of pastors. You know, he's the one who marks them and things like that. Who made you a checker of pastors? And so you as you are in the church, you every time you are looking for the problems and the difficulties and whatever. Why? Why can't you encourage a pastor? Why can't you encourage the singers? Why can't you encourage the ashes? Why can't you encourage somebody who is trying to do something? Because if your hands were, if you, listen, when you, 
Roll your sleeves and your hands are on the work. You see that it's not an easy thing. Yeah. During the conference, the times are 2 a.m., 2.30. That's when we are going home. Yeah. That time you have slept. And you snoring. And you slept another round. And you, you are going to your third round of sleeping. And we are, now, we are driving around. Yeah, you are, you are driving around. You have no idea what it takes to be able to get the things of God done. Amen? Amen. So, in generally in life, the moment that you see somebody who resents you, eh, when the person has a resentment against you, the person cannot look at you. And then one of the things that the person does is that the person may talk with you privately nicely, but publicly he will never come to you. Watch this. Anytime somebody talks evil about you, privately you'll be smiling. Hello. He'll even bring you gifts and things like that. But the moment other people are there, he won't show up. It means that he's been talking about you to them, so he doesn't want them to know that he's standing with you. Amen? Yeah. In Genesis 37, 3 and 4 and 18 to 20, Joseph's brothers resented him. And they said, here comes a dreamer. <laughs> when they, they didn't like him. When people don't resent you, they want you out. And you, they said that, let us kill him. That is why offense. And you know why they were offended at him? Because his father had made him a coat of many colors. And they felt that the father liked him. But was it his problem that the father, was it his fault that his father liked him? No, it wasn't his fault. But his brothers had a problem. Why didn't you also do something for the father to like them? Some people say that, oh, in the church, he says some people who are lying. Who are those who are lying? <laughs> who? When did you come close that we did swear, swear, go away? Who swept you away? You are the one who is not coming close. I mean, when was the last time you came around and you said, Daddy, can I join your team? Can I do this? Can I be this? And then and we say, go away, go away, go away. We don't do that. No, we don't do that. Many people, someone, if you take someone like Jester, Jester is originally not from this place. Jester from, she married from Roman Catholic Church and came and joined her. But when you see Jester, it's as if Jester has been with us from this day. Yeah. And it's, it's flowing. But some of you have been in the church for a long time. And you cannot get close to your father. Why can't you get close? What is your problem that your father, you cannot get close to your father? And you cannot get close to your mother. It means there's something in your heart. And examine your heart. You say, I feel, I, I, no matter how shy you are, your father is your father, your mother is your mother. And after some time, you realize that you should be able to relate. Yeah. Ah, look at John. Amen. Am I flowing with you? This young guy, William and this guy, how long has they been in the church? But they flow with me. They come. I talk with them. Where your school? What is it? That relationship. Am I teaching something here? Number three, distrust. When people are offended, they walk in distrust. David, you didn't write anything. I'm teaching very important things. Your company, when you are writing, and just people don't distract you. Offended people lose trust for everybody. Eh? When a girl has been offended by a guy, he loses trust for guys. He said, all men are Adam's children. 
All men. All men. Personalizing. And all women are Eve's children. Hey! So they develop what? Distrust. You see, sometimes when even people are in a church and they get offended in a church and they move to another church, they still have a distrust. They think what was done to them there, they don't want to be done to them. So they are sitting, Mataiko, I'm sitting my somewhere. Uh, I don't want to be this and this. Or even something happened some time back. Are you getting me? Listen to me. If we are in a family, things will happen. Things will happen. One day I will squeeze my face. It is natural for me to squeeze my face at you. I cannot be smiling all the time. Because I want things to be done. And if it's not being done, I have to squeeze my face and I have to shout sometimes. Just like your father shouts. Doesn't your boss shout? Doesn't your boss get angry at you when things are not working? Yes. Your boss gets angry and you shout. So why can't the pastor also shout? Because the pastor too is a worker for the Lord. Yeah. You don't have to get offended. Say the church we came on, they were shouting. And the pastor said, "Why, why you doing that? Why didn't you do this? Because it is your work. That's why I'm asking. Why didn't you do this? And the house of God is more important than any institution. It's better than any financial institution. It's better than insurance institution. It's better than Kapoha. It's better than civil aviation. It's better than any bank. It's better than anywhere." If there's any place that must be, things must be done, speak and span, and in order and excellency, it must be the house of God. Who is bigger than God? Who is bigger than God? So if God entrusts something to your hand, don't do it anyhow. You must make sure that it is done well. When we were laying the carpet here, I was here personally. I was with the people. I didn't leave it and say, we've given some people, let them come and lay. The first time they did it, there was some line over here. Those of you observe it. There was some, somebody had done it, and they had separated the line. I said, no. I said, our church, we do not accept that thing. I said, I cannot accept that. My choristers, as they keep climbing the thing, the thing will be splitting apart with their high heels. And when they are taking the video, the place will not be nice. So I requested, I said, I want you to change the thing. They didn't want to change it. I prevailed on them. If I was not part of it, it wouldn't have happened that way. When they did the thing, they did the thing in some funny way. I said, do it to the end. Because our people are important people. We are not doing for politicians, we are doing for Christians. Are you getting me? Yeah, I get involved. So I fought with them for the thing to be done. The outside there, I was there. They didn't want to do it. And I said, Who, you, which church do you attend? The guy said, this church. Da, 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 da. I said, this is your senior pastor, I know him. If you misbehave, I, I'm go, I, will, I, will, I will call him. I said, I said, don't misbehave at all. What kind of Christian are you? You are a Christian, you have come to the house of God, you are doing the thing, and look at the funny way you want to do it. What kind of, what kind of uh, 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 testimony is that? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and do the thing. And then they did the thing. And when you are climbing, don't you see that there's nice staircase with carpets? Somebody had to fight for you. Sorry? Sorry? Is that what? They said if it's not for me, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Yeah, because Pastor Seth was here, and Pastor Derek was here, and we were fighting with them. So I said, give me the phone, let me talk to him. Yeah, so from my house, I spoke. And from there, I followed up and came. I didn't become like a short man. CEO, and I'm in my office or somewhere, not looking. If things have to go on, you must be involved. And you don't have to get offended. Are you getting me? 
in the house when you are cooking, doesn't your mother say, why didn't you grind the thing well? Why didn't you do that? Isn't it part of the family life? So you get one day, say, my mother shouted at me, so I've left the house. Or my mother says that I, should, I, sh- I shouldn't be here, but I should rather be here. Or, and so, no, it, it doesn't happen. It, it means you are not a good child. Am I teaching something? So, offended people lose trust for everybody. A church member that is offended can lose even the respect and trust and esteem he has for the leader. See, when people walk in distrust, now, the respect we have... So, when you see yourself diminishing in your respect for your, your leader or your pastor or whatever, it means that you are offended at something. When people get offended, their respect level for that person. You see that now they, they, want to, they become very caustic and abrasive. Their English language. The way they, they respond to the pastor or to the leadership, they try to become cheeky in a way. They try to become uh, uh, overly knowledgeable and more sensible. Yeah. Then you know that there's a problem somewhere. Hello? Mm. Someone say, mm. Yeah. An offended person may also encounter difficulty in submission to authority and will often develop destructive independent spirit. Write it. It's a good point. The offended person may also encounter difficulty in submission to authority and will often develop destructive independent spirits. So when a person is offended, they find it difficult to submit to authority. Is that right? Uh-huh. It's so far. Hey. You have to go and get a message. Okay. Mercy. Offended person may also encounter difficulty in submission to authority and will often develop destructive independent spirit. They develop destructive independent spirit. And the example is how Absalom got offended at his father and rebelled against him. Is that right? Yeah. So when a person is offended, they find it difficult to submit to authority. Is that right? Yeah. I knew some guys. Their father had bought a house. His father was living outside the country. They didn't like their father because their father puts them in order. You know, most mothers who just let their sons, oh, it's okay, it's okay. So when their father is coming, they don't want even their father to come. The moment they say, the father says, I'm coming, so oh, stay there, stay there. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they told me, they told me, say, we don't want our father to come. And one day, one of them misbehaved. And then mommy said, when they said, she told mommy, he told mommy that daddy reminds me of my father. Yeah, because, you see, he doesn't want to be, his life to be ordered, to be questioned. And so when you find people who don't want their life to be questioned and to be put in order, yeah. And especially most guys who don't stay with their fathers, eh, they develop problems with authority figures. Except there was a father figure or the mother was very strong most by my 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 research 
I mean, overview, I've seen that most guys who do not stay with their father or who, whose mothers do not permit their fathers <laughs> to be men and to ensure orderliness in their lives, they become rebellious. And they, they do not submit to authority. As I've said, you watch it. At least, inside, the, by my years of pastry, I've seen many young people whose fathers were not around. They're either staying with aunties, staying with whatever, grandmother, whatever, and all those things. And they had issues with authority when, you know, they met an authority figure who was asserting authority and saying that you must do this and do that. Then they get angry. And they take it to their workplaces. Because there, they, they cannot submit to their work, to their bosses. So you see that every time they are changing jobs, they go here, they are fired, they go here, they are, they are, they are, they are, you know, and every time they have squeezed their faces, they don't want to be told things to do. Please, mothers, when fathers are correcting their children, especially the boys, allow them, because it's for their own good. Don't say they are too hard, they are too hard. A man's hand might be hard. Yeah. Yeah. A man's hand must be hard. A man cannot be a softy. When his hand is hard, then you, 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 your hand, you use your tender hands to rub their back, but let the man's hand be hard. Yeah. The voice of a man. The voice of a man. And if you don't know, the, the presence of a man even gives them covering and protection. Yes. Covering and protection. Sometimes when the man is not home, you see the children falling sick. And when the man is not home, you will see children becoming wayward. Go to America and see. Typical example is American black communities. Where most of the men have gone to prison and come. They put the system in such a way that the men will do something. They go to prison. So they all say, my mama, my mama, my mama. And they become mama's boy. And the mama's boy at a certain age, they still end up in prison. So there's a cycle of no father being around. As I've said, go and do research. Am I teaching something here? Yeah. So I know you love your children, but be firm. And make sure that they are guided well. Guided and guarded against wrong things. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the third one, number one is what? Number one sign that you are offended is what? Withdrawal from relationships and what? Fellowship. So when you find people who are coming to church, they stop, they are not coming to church frequently. Today they come, they, not, they come to church once in two, once in three weeks, once in a month, once something, and they vanish. And they vanish, you don't know where they have gone to. Then they, they, they surface. Where are you coming from? Hello? Yeah, where are you coming from? We must know. Maybe you went somewhere. You probably went to some juju somewhere. It didn't work. It's true. Where are you coming from? Yeah. When Lucifer, the devil showed up, didn't they ask him that, where are you coming from? Then he said, from going to and fro. Yeah, from going to and fro. So we must know, where are you coming from? Where did you go? Why are you not in church? Why are you not among the flock? <laughs> Amen? Number two is what? Resentment. Number three is what? Distrust. Is that right? Yeah. 
People who distrust, they don't communicate. He refuses to communicate. Write Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. But now yourselves are put, you are to put off all these. Put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie one to another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Put off the old. Number four, betrayal. Betrayal. One of the signs of the last days is what? Betrayal. Matthew 24, verse 10. Matthew 24, 10. And many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Amen? So offense can lead to what? Betrayal of love. Betrayal of friendship as well as betrayal of what? Loyalty to lead to disloyalty. So most people who become disloyal, they are, they are hurt. Eh? When people become disloyal, they are hurt. When they are hurt, that is when they become disloyal. That's when they betray. So you can have very good friends. Hello? Very good friends. When your friends are hurt, they will betray you. Oh, so we, we, oh, we've been going to eat at this place. Meanwhile, it's a, your secret place to go and eat. Oh, we do this and this and that. Yeah. Because there's, a, there's an offense. But the Bible says that, you see, Ahitophel betrayed David. Eh? Why did he betray David? Because his granddaughter was Bathsheba, whose wife David killed. And he waited until Absalom one day rose up against his father and he said, I will join so there are people, listen, there are people in the, even in the church. They, they are hurt somewhere. They have not been healed. They are waiting for somebody to do something say, so I have joined forces with you. To become political. You think we don't know? We know it. Yeah. Yeah. Auntie Beauty, there are people who don't like you. Yeah. The person will be smiling with you, but he doesn't like you. Till one day somebody shows that I don't like you, say, mm-hmm. Me too. Uh-huh. I have joined you. We are supporters. They are supporters. Amen. Amen. Are you learning something? Yeah. yeah. So Ahitophel was the one who gave bad advice. He said he should. He told Absalom to go and sleep with his father's concubines to disgrace his father. He's a bad person. Meanwhile, he was David's advisor. And that's why David said, Ah, it's not nobody but my own friend, my companion, one that I used to eat with, somebody I eat with. And he, he betrayed him. Judas also betrayed. You see, people that betray you are people who can be close. Hello? People you allow to your house. So be careful. That's why some people don't allow anybody to come to your house again. Yeah. Man comes to your house. One or two things. There was a time that somebody went to a pastor's house. When he saw the pastor with a satellite dish, he said, I won't pay tight again. And went and told him. <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, Charlie, they are using our money. The pastor, I'll any more. I'll any more. I'll is that what they say? He's, he's watching his eyes. Hey, what is, what is that like this? And whether somebody gave him the thing or not, 
He said, what is that? You get angry. She said, I won't, I won't pay. And he started telling church people, they are misusing our money. They are misusing. And you see, this thing, misusing our money. I was in a church in Germany. I have preached very powerfully until Lydia. Then this girl came from the back. When I finished, lay hands on people. This lady came from the back. That time I was preaching, she was chewing, she was chewing biscuit. No, biscuit. Like a village girl. Oh, some of those people, they are crazy for. Some of them, they flew them straight from the village there. The first time they came to Accra was to come and get visa. And from here, when they, after uh, the one week that they spent here to get their visa, then they were over there. So they, from village life, straight there. And then he's there, chewing. I, I saw her. I, I was the one preaching. And when I'm preaching, I watch people. So she was eating biscuit, but because I'm not a pastor and I was a guest preacher, I couldn't tell her anything. I felt like give me a knock, but I, you know, you know, I, I was there. And she, after chewing the biscuit, yeah, you see, she had chewed the biscuit and entered the flesh. So when you finish, when we, I finished preaching and the people gave the offering, then she walked in front there and took the offering bowl like this and smashed the offering bowl on the ground. It was, it was, it was a, some crying, crying thing, you know. The bowl, metallic bowl, hit the bowl of ground. Praying and said in tree, hit it on the ground. Bam! Maybe you, today we don't even know what might have happened to that girl. Listen, don't play with holy things. Holy things, you don't play with it. Don't play. Don't. Don't. If you don't want problem with your, for yourself and your children and your children's children, don't play with holy things. And after that girl did that, not knowing there was some they are feuding something. Two fashions started fighting in the church. Not quarreling, blows. This group against that group. Initiated by a young girl. And blows. Boom, 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 boom. And on top of the building. And you see, these are, these are Ghanaians who have gone to hire a, a German church. So the German only ladies were on top. Sleeping on top. And when the police come, Mr. German, and German police, it's not like Ghana police. When you see the mustache of the people as they are coming with their serious face, you now Kokomatis will catch you. So I decided that let me try and separate these people to bring peace. And so as I went in between, I became a punching bag. Oh, they doofu doofu me. Hey, blows. Boom, 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 boom. But the time of India scratched my whole body. So I told myself, I said, I will never, since then, I've never stepped in that church. I tried to separate them. Oh, they beat me. The first time, the first time, uh, it's as if I, I was there with Azuma Nelson and Azuma Nelson was punching me. It was a, yeah, yeah. It was a very bad thing. I was beaten. I was beaten and scratched. <laughs> I don't even think they gave me anything. <laughs> so, it's offense is not good, though. They spoil the church. They spoil the church. It is north of, north of uh, uh, Germany. And meanwhile, I drove all the way from Holland. Yeah, I drove from Holland. The whole day, something. I went there to go and preach. I fasted, I prayed, laid hands on them. They were very happy. 
And they concluded with blows. <laughs> Hello, I was at work. Number five, unanswered prayers. Carrying offenses can lead to unanswered prayers. Now, Jesus said in Mark 11, 22 to 26, have the faith of God. Someone say, have the faith of God. Are you learning something? Yeah, I'll finish right now. I just got two points and then I'm done for today. Then next time I'll deal with, I'll talk about how to deal with offenses itself. Is that right? Are you learning something? Good. Now, in Mark 11, 22, he says, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God means that operate like God operates. And how does God operate? God operates by speaking. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1, 3. So what God said came to pass. Isaiah 44, 26. Bible says that God confirms the words of his servants, and he performs the counsel of his messengers. Amen. So what you are saying, God is going to perform it. And in Numbers chapter 14, verse 28, God told the people of Israel, whatever you have said in my ears, as you have said in my ears, that will I do unto you. So what are you saying to the ears of God? Somebody say something good into the ears of God that you want. Eh? Prince, say something to the ears of God. What do you want God? As truly as I live, say the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. That's the reason why your prayer is very important and what to say. So you are not supposed to be describing your problems, but to be prescribing your solution. Your tongue was given to you not to describe your problems because the description of your problem will not change. But the prescription of your solution is what to bring about a change. Amen. Amen. So let's go back now to the Mark 11. Then he said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Why the heart? Because the heart is a place of incubation. But shall believe that the things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Tell somebody, I shall have whatsoever I say. Whatever that I say, that is what I will have. Why will you have it? Because when you speak the word of God, angels are activated to work on your behalf. Even when it hasn't happened, the very moment that you say it, you have it. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, that's a difficulty or a challenge, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have. It means that the moment you prayed, you have it. Is that right? You have received it and you are going to have it. It's like a woman, first of all, a woman must get what? Pregnant. So she has what? She has received a baby and then later on the baby, the, the, the pregnancy matures and then there's parturition and then she has a baby. So first there must be a conception. So the first time you spoke about your blessing, you have, you have received it. When you pray and you believe it, you have received it. How do I know it? Verse 24. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, what things soever what you desire, when you pray, when is what talking about what time, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
When you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when is the time? The time you pray, believe. So the moment you believe, it's like you have put a seed in the soil. The moment you believe, it's like a woman has received the spermatozoan of a man. And once she has received the spermatozoan of a man, conception has taken place and it's just a matter of time, gestation period. And then the baby comes out. So there's always a gestation period for your miracle. So the moment you believe, that's why the wisdom will say that don't accept anything but your answered prayer. Mm. Mm. Tell your friend, don't accept anything but your answered prayer. So whatever is your answered prayer, whatever is the thing that you ask for, you ask for a particular type of car, you ask for a marriage, you ask for a business, you ask for money, whatever you ask for, do not give way. Do not, do not shift your stand. Stand there. Believe the word of God because Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And God confirms the words of his servants and he performs the counsel of his messenger. And you shall have what you say. Believe that you receive them. I said, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. Who started the church? I'll just go and stand out there and I said, I prophesy cars. Those days, I started prophesying German cars. So I prophesied German cars. I prophesied Mercedes Benz. I prophesied BMWs. I prophesied um, 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 uh, yeah, Opels. Those days, Opels. And Opels started coming in. Mommy even got one. Yeah, one day she was there. Somebody said, there's a car over there. It's at this garage. Just go and buy, put in gas. And, uh, so she just went and took the car and brought it. Yeah. Because she told me, he said, people are getting. They said, why is mine? I said, let's speak it. <laughs> Call it forth. Hallelujah. Amen. And then she got her own. So you realize that the cars that came forth and people were getting was a result of the man of God calling them forth, speaking just like God said, let there be and the world, let there be and the world. And we didn't shift our grounds and they came to pass. And later on I started prophesying and let, let's say, let there be the four wheel drives and the Toyotas and go. And today we have them around. It means that yours is also in the realm of the spirit. And we call him for marriages. It means yours is in the spirit. You may not have seen it, but you see, there's a particular, I mean, it's the 31st December or so, and mommy started confessing her, her marriage and whatever. He said, this year I'm believing, I'm trusting God for my marriage and all those things. And meanwhile, no guy has come, see. And we're not courting. I see, I say, are you Zina's sister? He said, yes. I said, hello, how are you? And those are very diplomatic pastor. Hello. Hello. You know, things like that. But some way, somehow, by the middle of the year or so, God had worked whatever she said and she believed. God had worked it out. Are you getting me? Yeah. The process had begun for her. The process had begun for her. And by the next something, she was wearing a nice ring. Yeah. I think before the end of the year, before the end of the year, she was wearing a, wearing a first ring. But the next thing, the last month of the year, she was wearing a, what she said. He said, this year, she will get married. And by the end of the year, she was wearing her engagement ring. And by the next April, wedding, white gown. What you say, you are going to have it. You have it. You will be great. It shall be well with you. 
God is on your side. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He's the lifter up of your head. I see you being blessed and progressing, walking in uncommon favor and uncommon honor in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's the real, you don't have to give up. You see, when you read Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 15, you see, Zachariah and Elizabeth didn't have a child. But they kept on serving. And they kept on serving. And one day, the angel of the Lord showed up. And they had a child. What's the name of their child? Zechariah and Elizabeth. What's the name of their child? What's the name of the child? John the Baptist. And you know why? It looked like John the Baptist, uh, uh, they, they grew, they advanced in age before they had John the Baptist. It was because they were supposed to give birth to the most important human being at that time. Who was supposed to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Whose birth had to be in tandem with the Messiah to announce the birth, the, 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 the ministry of the, of the Messiah and to be the one to baptize him. So he shouldn't come 10 years earlier. Shouldn't come 20 years earlier. Even though they could have given birth 20 years earlier. But they would have had a child who was not that significant. It means that, listen to me. Your delay is not your denial. But God is bringing you a blessing that is significant. That will travel from generation. Generation after generation. That's why we have God joining here. Amen. Yeah. You'll be named after others. God is bringing you national blessings. International blessings, transgenerational blessings. I said transgenerational blessings. They are coming into your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your story is going to change. People used to laugh at you, but now God will connect you to very important personalities. That was a portion of John the Baptist. Hallelujah. And, and, and so I want you to know that do not stop serving, keep on serving, keep on preaching. Keep on working. Keep on singing. Keep on ushering. People try to discourage you. Don't be discouraged. They will come and tell you, for all this year, what have you gained? You say, I've gained Jesus. I have Jesus. What else do you want? What else do you want? But if you have Jesus, you've got it all. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Look, shoot Jesus. Be happy about the fact that sometimes I walk around and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm a Christian. I thank you that you, you so love me. This, this funny boy. You just saved this funny boy. Ah, this funny boy. I could have been a wild person. Me, me, because I'm, I'm a very passionate person. So if I was sinner, I would have sinned to the extreme. Oh, yeah. I was going to be a boxer. Those days, they fixed me with Freeman Kwame. Those of you who know about boxing promotion. Yeah. And I was going to fight, you know, uh, uh, Freeman Squamish son called De Kwame. I said, I will flood this guy. And then I got saved. And I said, it's okay. Now my, my, my strength has to go into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say you hit me one, I'll hit you 40. Yeah. But the Lord is good. I think I have to close. I'm left with two more, but I have to close. Eh? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word.
but I'm out of time. But know that when people get offended, one of the signs is what? Withdrawal. So when people become cold on you, they don't smile at you again. They don't attend fellowship. So watch when people stop attending fellowship. He said, why are you, we are not seeing you in church. He said, nothing. No, it's something. But most of us, blacks, especially Ghanaians, we are not truthful about the true reason why we are doing something. We are not truthful. Yeah. That is why we deceived that politician. And Fifi, what's your name? We are there with you, I are there with you, I are there with you. Oh, that man, where did? Look at, look at the way they, you didn't see from. And General Heskin, he, he was there. He, he, even his own, he said, they didn't give his hair. He said, so didn't, didn't I even vote for myself? We never tell the truth. Later, we are going to learn something to know that when you are hurt about something, just open up. They're talking about it alone is therapeutic. Is that right? Here, be open. Be open. It doesn't mean you are weak. It means you are human. Tell the person, I think you did this. Or when I heard this, this is the way I felt. Oh, is that so? Oh, I'm sorry. Then you keep on because we need one another. I said we need one another. Any relationship that might last will go through difficulties. By the grace of God, God has given me friends 20 years friends, 15 years. Most of my friends are 30 years and above. I've kept friends. Yeah. It doesn't mean nothing happened. But I've kept friends. 35 years. Kept friends. 40 years. We are friends. Yes. 40 years. We are friends. So me, if you get close to me and you say, we are no more, you have life. It means you are the one who wants to go. It's not me. Because I'll do everything. Most church people, a lot of people, church people have misbehaved. I go. I go to their homes. And sit with them and try to talk. And they, some of them will snub me. Some of them they will insult me and I'll get up and go, Oh, yes, they insult you. Some of them you talk, you call them, you try and talk. This is it. Then they, it means that they don't want it. But at least I put in the effort to try and make sure that we are reconciled. Sometimes I even send, I say, Go and talk to this person. But you cannot force relationship. The most is you try. But make sure that Jesus said, offenses will come. You will offend your brother, you offend your sister, you offend me, and me too, I will offend you, but let's make sure that when we do not go our separate ways. We do not say bye-bye until on our deathbed. Then we say bye. Other than that, may we stay together. The Lord bless you. Amen. <laughs> let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we are grateful to you for your word that has come. We pray God that help us that will show mercy unto one another. For your word says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Lord, as again, we also pray that you help us that we'll forgive one another. That anybody that has offended us will forgive them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. And as we forgive people, may our own sins also be forgiven. May our own trespasses be forgiven. Have mercy on us, O God, and show us kindness in Jesus' precious name. Amen.